So I have a memory from my childhood, probably because it's something that happened quite often between my siblings and I. My memory is of me standing in the middle of the living room with my hands clenched in tight little fists and fuming mad at my older brother and being forced to apologize to him. With my teeth grit, I grunt out and I'm sorry. Although I really wasn't sorry at all. He totally deserved being slugged square in the middle of his back and have the wind knocked out of him. He was picking on me after all. But what really got me fired up more than my fake apology is that he didn't accept it and he wouldn't play with me. I remember running off to my mom and crying, but I said I'm sorry when my apology didn't seem to fix anything. All of us have probably experienced moments like this, either as a parent having to explain to their child that an insincere apology doesn't magically fix a situation. It can help, but it doesn't fix it. Or if you're the kid who gave that insincere or forced apology and was completely dumbfounded when it didn't magically repair that friendship or situation. While we think we might understand apologies as adults, especially these forced and insincere ones, it's simply not true. We still believe that if we say, I'm sorry, then everything should be all right, simply because we said those magical little words. But the thing is, saying I'm sorry isn't that easy. A true apology requires us to put our egos aside, to let down our defenses and, being, and be willing to accept responsibility for any hurt or pain that we might have caused, intentionally or accidentally. We have to express our remorse, offer restitution, and promise we will not do it again. Apologizing is really hard for us to do. It sounds so simple, yet it isn't because we have to admit that we're wrong. Apologizing means admitting that we were wrong, that we've messed up, and that we could have done better. Doing that leaves us feeling weak and vulnerable, ashamed, unworthy, or unloved. And while we know we are not perfect and that we make mistakes, admitting those mistakes to others who we have hurt is a humiliating process. Not only do we have a hard time saying I'm sorry to those around us, but we also have a hard time saying I'm sorry to God. Saying I'm sorry to God is one of the four essential prayers that we're going to learn about and explore. Now over the past two weeks, we have talked about prayers of help and prayers of thanks. Prayers of help are prayers where we acknowledge that we are not the ones in control, and we open ourselves up to receiving assistance and care, opening ourselves to being in an honest relationship with God. Prayers of thanks are prayers where we express our gratitude to God for the blessings and love that God has given to us, despite our situations. Seeing the blessings within those moments of hardship and acknowledging our gratitude to God for his love, his mercy, grace, and presence with us. Today, our attention is on I'm sorry prayers. And these prayers are ones where we admit our humanness and that we need God in our life. 
Not a day goes by when we don't sin in some way or another, either intentionally or unintentionally, and no matter how perfect we think we are. We either should have done something and didn't do it, or we shouldn't have done something but did it anyways. Regardless, we should say to God, I'm sorry, you created me for more than this, and I will do better. When we pray that we are sorry, admitting our sins, we also admit that we need God's grace in our lives. We acknowledge that we will make many mistakes and that we desire to do and be better. As we pray I'm sorry prayers, we are opening our hearts to God, drawing us closer to God as we allow God's mercy to pour over us, transforming us to start over and live more Christ-like lives. And that is the key piece to I'm sorry prayers. It's not only about admitting our sinfulness, but it's about our ownership and transformation to do and be better. When seeking forgiveness, our, our, our I'm sorry's mean nothing if we don't truly mean to correct our behavior, repent, and live differently. And yet while we know logically what I'm sorry prayers are about, actually speaking them honestly to God is hard. We don't really like to talk about or point out our sin very much. It's easier for us to pray prayers of help and thanks, leaving those I'm sorry prayers up for the people who have really messed up. And King David is one of those people who have really messed up in scripture, but he's also one who gives us an example of an I'm sorry prayer. King David wrote our psalm for today after committing some really bad things. He committed adultery, murdered someone. He put an entire army at risk to cover up his selfish mistake and for taking the life of an innocent man. Some of us would say that looking at his record, he doesn't deserve God's mercy. Yet God doesn't see it that way. In fact, God doesn't see it that way for any of us. We all don't deserve God's mercy, but we still need it. King David knew that, and so he asks for it, and God grants him mercy. David admitted to everything, not downplaying what he's done or making excuses for what he did, or saying that he didn't realize the full extent of his actions. He doesn't try to put the blame on someone else. He doesn't demand forgiveness, and he doesn't try to manipulate the situation. Instead, he says, I was born with sin, and I have never been without guilt. Purify me, wash me, let me know joy again. Deliver me, O God. And God is there. God is ready with forgiveness, so that by the end of his prayer, David's song is transformed. Open my lips, and I will proclaim your praise, he says. And you can feel him coming back with his whole heart so that, God, so that he can praise God once more. King David's song is also known as a psalm of concentration. It means it's a psalm of finding courage to let our hearts break before God and then offering the pieces back to God. This isn't about easing any discomfort or guilt, but naming our sins before God. Understanding that it's in the naming that our sin loses its power 
and only then can we be open to receiving God's grace and mercy. So this morning, one of our prayer practices that we're going to practice is called a breath prayer. And so what a breath prayer does is it helps us to calm ourselves and to provide us with some comfort during times of distress. And it's a very simple practice because all it is is a simple phrase, time to our breathing. And so what you do is you take a either a piece of scripture or a word or a phrase that you like to use for God and a, something you need from God, and you repeat that over and over again with your breath. And so as you breathe in, you say a line, and as you breathe out, you say a line. And one of the simple um, phrases is, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And so on Jesus Christ, you breathe in, and on have mercy on me, you breathe out. And so we're going to practice that this morning. So you may want to sit up a little taller so you get, can get your lungs full of air. Um, if you don't want to look around and see other people breathing and doing this, that's perfectly fine. However you are comfortable praying is the way to do this. And so I will encourage us to breathe, and I will repeat the phrase for us. So breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. 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 May it be so. Amen.